0: In this episode of the OCR Underground Show, I'm going to announce my next live virtual OCR. I want to talk about what you should be focusing your training on right now. I'm going to discuss research on overtraining, and we're going to talk about some simple ways to mix up your training. Welcome to the OCR Underground Show. Each week, you get the latest research, training secrets of top coaches, and everything you need to crush your next obstacle course race and finish burpee free. Here's your host, SGX coach, Mike Diebler. What's up, everybody? This is Mike Diebler, and welcome to episode... Seventy-three of the OCR Underground show. If you want to check out the show notes for this episode, just head on to ocrunderground.com/episode-73. Uh, well, it's been a while. Um, I apologize for not being able to get a episode out with all the craziness going on. It's been a struggle, but I'm excited to be back and recording an episode. And I I hope this gives you some some guidance and some clarity for your training at least. In these tough times, Uh, I do want to announce the next live virtual OCR race that I'm going to be doing. This one is going to be held on September 12th. Uh, We're going to do pretty much the same format. I'm going to switch up a few things because I know um, it's just always fun to throw a bunch of new challenges at you. Um, But the format's going to be the same where we're going to have two races. One will be at 9 a.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time, the other will be at 9.45. These are 30 minute live races so you do have to log in and participate live to participate. And uh, the 9 a.m. race is going to be the treadmill version where the whole running portion will be done on the treadmill and then the 9.45 you will be running outside doing a loop and um, each time you come back from your loop you will go through a series of challenges. So I have a, a free version so you can just join us for free um, or if you want to get a cool finishers t-shirt, you can also register, upgrade, and um, just for 25, or excuse me, $20, you can get uh, some race swag. So to register, you're just gonna go on over to ocrunderground.com slash virtual. And I am gonna keep putting updates there on the new challenges, the new exercises, um, but you can at least see kind of how it was run in the past with some videos on there and uh should be fun so i hope you can you can join us there Uh, i also want to let you guys know about our sponsors that have really been helping out for the virtual races as well as the podcast Um, of course we have venga cbd who specializes in making cbd products with the endurance athlete in mind Uh, one thing that i am a big proponent in is talking about recovery and just doing everything we can to enhance recovery so we can train hard. Remember, the workouts are the stimulus and then it's everything you do in between the workouts where you're getting uh, the most out of your training. So getting good night's sleep, nutrition, uh, all of those things are gonna be critical. And uh, Venga CBD products are going to be a great addition to your recovery program. Uh, Their CBD bomb is awesome. When you have a little bit of uh, inflammation, sore areas, muscles, joints, this works really, really well to help you recover faster. And then they also have a uh, CBD gel that, you know, helps with reducing anxiety, sleep, anti-inflammatory, all great stuff there. So uh, head on over to vengacbd.com slash OCR Underground to check out all of their products there. Don't forget to use OCR Underground for 15% off your order. I also want to let you know about Fit Bar. Now with the live OCR I have coming up. One of the requirements is that you have a pull-up bar and I know I've been talking about Fitbar's uh, home doorway pull-up bar a lot but it's honestly it's the best one that I've seen out there. I know if you're tall doing kind of the traditional doorway pull-up bars are tough because you're basically hanging there with your knees just about touching the ground where this one, it hooks into the top of the door and actually extends above the door. So really cool. So you can actually get good range of motion in your pull-up. So check out their pull-up bar, um, but also check out all the really cool grip training uh, tools that they have, the, the different um, pull-up grips and some really cool products there. So head on over to uh, fitbarstrong.com and again, use code OCR underground to receive 10% off your order. All right, well, let's get into uh, today's episode. All right, well, a lot has changed since our last episode, and the rest of the Spartan race season is now canceled. Um, Many other races being canceled, and we're all just kind of trying to get by and the one thing that we love to do is is a little bit tougher to do right now so uh in past episodes i talked about some things that you can focus on like the virtual races and and lots of other options for you but what i figured i would do in uh, this episode's inside mike's mind segment is talk about you know what i'm recommending for coaching clients right now what i'm focusing on in my own training and that's really what what should we be doing right now uh we have an opportunity and we just need to take advantage of it. So we, we get a break from racing uh, for the most part other than maybe some virtual races. So why not just take this chance to really focus on that training? So when races do start up again, we're gonna be hitting the ground running and we're not going to be you know building up or uh, working on you know anything that we couldn't have covered right now. So we're just basically going to try and get a head start. So what I figured I would do in this segment is kind of talk about what's the plan right now? What what should you be doing? And these are basically some of uh, my recommendations that I would at least start with. And I think it, it needs to start with, let's do some testing. Let's find out where you are right now. This is something that I think most people just kind of skip over. We never really see the true benefits of our training if you don't test or assess in some way you know you could use your races where maybe you ran a little bit faster got a little bit better and you're you're seeing some progress there Um, but i think we can do way more than just simply that and it it gets tougher if you know there are no races you don't have anything to compare it to right now so that's our first step is what are you going to test and there are uh, hundreds of assessments out there that you can do but i like to just Think about it in different categories. So we can look at movement, we can look at uh, cardiorespiratory endurance, we can look at uh, muscular strength, and we can even look at um, power. and And those are just a couple. There's there's obviously a lot more that we can do. And I think for most people, that's a great start if you look at those things. So keep it simple. You know, just pick one of those things if it's if it's a little bit um, too much to to figure out how to incorporate all of them. But um, you know I've, I've talked about the functional movement screen, but just looking at movement in some form, if you know that you struggle with something, why not take this opportunity to measure it and see if you improve so you can go through a full movement evaluation or maybe something simple like can you touch your toes um, or you know can you do you have decent shoulder range of motion or you know just basic joint movement do you have it do you know you struggle with lunges, push-ups? Um, whatever it might be. So we, we have a movement problem and we can really focus on improving those things. Maybe it's, you're really tight. They you need to work on some flexibility. Um, maybe it's, you know, balance is a struggle. Maybe it's, you know, stability, strength. You know, we, we wanna find out where our starting point is. And I think having a good movement evaluation is a great place to start there. Um, on the website, I do have a couple videos where you can do kind of a self-movement screen. I called it the Unbreakable Warrior. It's basically a program where you can uh, do a couple different tests, and it's all pass/fail, really simple to do on your own, and um, and then you can kind of see where you're where you're struggling the most. So I'll put a link in the show notes so you can check check that out. But that's that's always uh, a great place to start is just to look at how you move. Now with cardiorespiratory health. Um, There's a number of different things. So, you know, obviously, if you can go get VO2 max testing done, and you get a ton of information from a a test like that, sure, it's going to require more work and uh, financial investment and and things like that. But, you know, it just depends on how how much do you want to get out of your training? How much information do you want to start with? So you can always do something like that. Um, but there's a lot of other things that we can do that are really simple to get started. And a lot of these I've talked about before on the podcast. But I think one thing that everybody should be doing is at least taking your resting heart rate every morning. There is a big correlation with resting heart rate and VO2 max. Uh, so typically, the lower your resting heart rate, the higher we uh, see VO2 max, You know, assuming uh, not with uh, aid from some type of prescription drug or medication. Uh, but having a low heart rate, Um, typically indicates a higher vo2 max so and uh, among many other things so a great place to start is just let's just look at your resting heart rate and see see where your baseline is and see if it's improving if it is really high Um, you know doing some type of endurance test so we just finished up our uh, 30-day challenge where i have the participants one of the tests that they did was a mile and a half run so i think that's a simple thing you can do to just kind of check and see where you're at right now we're where, what speed can you maintain um, for that amount of time? What's your pacing? Uh, now you have a baseline, so you can see where you're starting from. And if you're doing any type of running program, the, that number should go down, it should get better. So it's a, a good place to start there. Um, looking at uh, even recovery as well. You know, I've talked a little bit about recovery already in this episode, but how quickly can you recover from a burst of exercise? I think that's one of the best indicators of how fit somebody is. Not necessarily how fast they can run and how much weight they can push, but how quickly can they recover when, they're, uh, when they put a stress on the body, right? That's what we want. We want to stress the system and we want it to recover as fast as possible. So if you do that mile and a half run, uh, time yourself, you know, see what your heart rate gets up to after that run and then time yourself for a minute and see how many beats per minute you drop within that minute. Um, and there's you know, standards that I can give, but you know, just start with see where you're at, because that's the most important thing. I want you to see improvements there. So those are all really simple things you can do to get started. Um, strength, I'm not gonna go into a huge amount of detail here, but you know, how strong are you? you know, there's there's a, a limit, you don't need to be super strong. And I've, I've talked about some standards in some previous episodes, but uh, this ties right in with that movement. You know, can you deadlift? Can you squat? Can you do push-ups? Can you do pull-ups? You know these basic movement patterns. If you can do them, that's you know you check the first box. Uh, if you can't, then we know go back to that movement. We we need to work on some things to get that baseline level of strength there. Uh, once you can you know master those basic movement patterns, now we load the body up and see how well it does under significant load, and we can do something like a one rep max test. Now you may not want to uh you know if if you're not mastering these movements that might not be a a path you want to take so you you work on really getting good at those movements before you do maximal loads but you can do sub-maximal loads to three reps five reps so there's weights around that as well but you should again find your numbers you know how much you can squat deadlift um how many push-ups you can do in a row how many pull-ups you can do in a row how long you can hold a plank Um, You know, just find these basic movements that you know you do pretty well and and start to push them and see where you're at so you're getting a good idea of of how your strength levels are. Um, I did mention our uh, power as well, which is going to be important. And there's a couple of really simple ways we can measure power. You know, you you could do like vertical jump testing and they have um, power mats that will uh, measure how much power you're pushing into the floor. Obviously, these are a little harder to come by unless you have access to facilities that have them. Uh, But a simple broad jump is a great place to start. And um, seeing how far you can can jump. And again, uh, you can do double leg hop, you can do single leg hops to get your um, total power output as well as, you know, left foot, right foot, or left leg, right leg as well. Again, just giving you a good starting point. So if you did all of that, it kind of gives you a roadmap. You can see, you know, if you don't know exactly how you should perform in all of these, you can see, well, where did you struggle the most? Some of these might've come really easy to you. You know, you you, you lift you've been lifting for a while and you put up some pretty big numbers for your movements, but you, you go out in that mile and a half run and you're just dying the whole time and it takes forever for your heart rate to drop afterwards. So it tells us that maybe strength isn't your biggest priority, but it might be you know aerobic capacity and working more on that. that doesn't mean that you can't lift anymore it just means let's shift your focus a little bit let's change the priority because you're only going to be as strong as your weakest link and especially in the sport of ocr because we need so many of these different components so um so hopefully that at least gives you an idea now we can pick a path right so we we've determined where we might be the weakest now let's focus on improving those areas and here's the best part you have your baseline so now go for a month go for two months get through a program and retest and you not necessarily have to retest everything but where 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 was your priority if it was that run let's retest that run right how long is a mile and a half run going to take it's it's not going to take too long that you can retest that pretty simply again and did it get better if it did then we're on the right track and you probably want to keep doing what you're doing until it's not working anymore and then you get to a point where okay uh, what i'm doing is no longer showing improvements i've pretty much got the most i'm going to get out of that so let's switch it up and try something else so um, these baselines i just want you to use as a tool to figure out which direction we should go and is the program i'm using working right those are just two important questions that you have to ask then we can monitor and, and, and adjust as needed. So uh, obviously there's a lot more assessments that you can do, but I, what I really want you to take out of this are have you ever measured any of these things? Um, and have you really tested your training program other than just how you perform race day? Obviously that is an important thing, but that, like I said, that's a little bit more difficult to do right now. So let's focus on those weak areas. Let's uh, put a training program together that is going to specifically help with improving those areas. And then let's continue to monitor, monitor it and adjust as needed. So if you want help, I know I gave you a lot of information here, um, but I also did want to let you know, if you want the easy route, I do all of this for you in my coaching program, where I will walk you through every single one of these assessments. I will look at your numbers and kind of show you where you should lie and give you a good idea of where are you maybe excelling, where are you, you know, hitting minimums and where maybe you are you are deficient that we can really focus on improving each of those areas. And then putting a program together for you that each month you get and you basically just follow along and we check in and make sure that everything is going according to plan. So if you want help with all of this um, or just want a little bit more information, uh, just email me at mike at ocrunderground.com And just let me know you want to learn more about my online coaching program where I can literally walk you through all of this and basically give you the answers uh, so you don't have to figure all this stuff out on your own. I show you the exact tests you do, um, how to perform them, interpreting the results. I do your movement screen online. And um, get all the information we need and then create a program for you based on that information. So pretty cool program if you're just looking for help and just really want to break through some plateaus and and see some progress. So as we do start to ramp up for race season again, you're ready to go. Uh, And as a special bonus um, for anyone that signs up for the coaching program right now, you will receive some pretty cool bonus Uh, bonus material, you are going to get a uh, Morpheus training system where you're going to get a um, a heart rate monitor strap, you're going to get a heart rate recovery strap where we can actually monitor your recovery status each morning. You're going to take your HRV, uh, you're going to track a few things, and it's going to give us even more information on how well you are uh, training, how well you're recovering from training, Uh, And again, just give us more information to uh, take us through your training program. So it's a $200 value and you're going to get it absolutely free when you join my individual coaching program. So again, if you want to learn more, just hit me up at Mike at OCRunderground.com. All right. Well, it's time for a research review and I have an interesting one for you today. We're going to look at kind of more recovery. I know I'm talking a lot about that today, but we're going to look at overtraining. And this is it's a tough topic because it's one of those things that nobody really thinks about until they're already there. So it's again this idea that you can only train so hard before there's a cost and a heavy cost sometimes. So we train in order to adapt. The goal of training is to not get better at training. It's to adapt to the training. So then you can perform different things, whether it's racing or or whatever it might be to get stronger, bigger, uh, whatever goals you might be working for. So we have to always keep that in mind that that's the goal, not to just kill ourselves in the workout. And sometimes we get stuck in this more is better, right? If a little bit of exercise is good for you, then more is better and might as well just kill myself every workout. But we know you can't go 100% all the time. It's just just impossible. Uh, You might think you can, but i promise you're actually not getting better and if you were to test some of the things that we talked about in the previous section i guarantee you're not going to see improvements if you're pushing as hard as you can and this is why i like using that morpheus monitor that i was talking about because this is what we exactly what we can see we can see if you're recovering or if you're pushing yourself too too hard Uh, because it all comes down to the nervous system and the the nervous system has to be ready to respond Uh, we i know we've talked about um, heart rate variability on the podcast, and, and it's all the, this is all intertwined. This is what we're talking about, making sure that we're not too sympathetic nervous system dominant, that, that, that flight, fight or flight scenario. We want to make sure we have balance between the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. So I came across this study that I thought fit in perfectly right here. So I want to talk about it with you guys. And w- what this study looked at was it basically put uh, a group of people into an overtrained state. So here's what they did. They took two groups of people. One, they uh, were using a squat machine and they had them perform 10 by one rep maxes. So 10 times doing their one rep max after they determined what that was every day for two weeks. Because if you know we train hard all the time and you lift as heavy as you can, you should get stronger after two weeks. And the control group just trained uh, normally two times a week. For the two weeks so it wasn't a super long study but still really interesting things that we see here uh, so what they found was that the uh the group that did the 10 by one actually got significantly weaker they saw a decrease in almost eight kilograms um which is over 16 pounds so their weights actually went down so after two weeks of training heavy they got worse and worse um they also saw a decrease in 36 percent power output so basically how much power they were creating when they were at their one rep max got uh got worse so not only did their strength go down but also um they got they were less powerful uh and then they actually also it took two to eight weeks, depending on the individual in the study, to return to normal, basically, where they could get back to where they were. So that's a long time it took to actually recover from that amount of stress there, two to eight weeks until they were back to where they started again. Um, and they actually also looked at a, a receptor. This is the, the beta-2AR, which is uh, basically a receptor on, um, on uh, tissue, muscle tissue, for example, that uh, has, to do with muscle hypertrophy and and gains and things like that and when this receptor becomes desensitized it becomes harder and harder to to build muscle and, and improve strength and they saw a uh, significant decrease in the receptor uh, sensitivity as well as they saw an increase of 49 percent in nocturnal epinephrine so their epinephrine levels at night were significantly higher so epinephrine is a hormone that's going to be released again during um, higher sympathetic nervous system activity. So basically it's saying that this person is much more stressed out and they're having a hard time recovering. So I just thought this was a relevant study to just look at, hey, in two weeks you can create a decent amount of damage if you're not careful. And if you're not taking appropriate time off, it's going to take a long time to even recover from that much stress. On your body so um, keep this in mind when you set up your training program number one a simple way to avoid something like this from happening is to not go hard every single day every workout you have should have a, a goal and probably out of the week only two to three of those workouts are you trying to push it to maximal or or higher intensities whether it's with your running program or your strength training or whatever it might be. The rest are going to be more lower intensity to moderate intensity. And that's how you're going to create balance. So you can continue to train for longer and and still see progress there. Uh, The other thing that you want to keep in mind is you need you need to recover from these workouts. So if you're not doing some type of uh, deload or recovery built into your training, it's it's another important piece. So um, I keep it simple. So one out of every four weeks is kind of a recovery week. Um, and that way we know we have three hard training weeks in the month and one lighter week and it's just a simple way and of course there's other ways you can do it but that that seems to work pretty well so we're not always pushing hard there so I hope that that helps you out and just keep that in mind that hey it's, it's okay to push hard but we just can't push hard all the time and this is a clear example of what happens when you try and do that. Well, this is a solo episode, so I don't have a guest today, so you're going to get a little bit more from me, and today I wanted to take some time and kind of, again, just going with the theme of, you know, how to stay motivated and keep pushing. It's really this idea, just how to change up your workout a little bit, because I think we kind of get stuck in a rut, and this kind of happens from time to time, and it just, it's helpful to hear some Uh, maybe for the first time, or maybe just a reminder of you have lots of different options out there to progress your training. Now, when we hear of exercise progression, we usually think in terms of like strength training, we think more weight, you know, you start at 10 pounds, you go to 15 and then 20 and and so on. And this is a great way to progress. Uh, You know, you add more load and you get stronger and, and get results from that. But One, you can't keep progressing, right? You can't keep adding more and more and more weight because there's going to get to a point where it's just, you can't lift anymore. Uh, Your risk of injury goes up or you just hit your genetic potential and you're not going to bench press 5,000 pounds. It's just not going to happen no matter what type of progression model you follow. So it's important to know that, yeah, sure, we can add load, but let's talk about some other ways that you can challenge yourselves and change your program up a little bit. So I'm going to talk about uh, seven of my top ways to alter your program without adding more weight necessarily. And sometimes in fact, you're actually adding less weight uh, because it's such a harder progression. So uh, the first one I'm gonna start with is tempo. So this is basically time under tension. So how fast or slow you are moving through the movement. And um, I should mention for all these, I'm, I'm primarily focusing on our strength training uh, and how we're gonna alter that up. Uh, So with tempo, I break this down to two things. Like I said, you go faster, you go slower. Both are good. So if we're always moving at kind of this moderate pace, we we miss out on so much opportunity to get get stronger, to get faster, to get bigger, whatever the goal might be. So number one, sometimes we should speed it up, right? And think about moving that weight as fast as you can. Now this can come in different forms. This could be actually moving something fast. So uh, sometimes I'm gonna use a light load and move really quickly. So this could be like a med ball throw. So I might take like a four pound med ball and throw it as fast as I can. Um, But it also can be a heavier object that you're at least trying to move fast. So this intent to move quickly will go a long way as well. And this might be kind of your Olympic lifting, right? So if you throw a heavy um, load on a barbell and do something like a barbell clean, it may not move as fast as a four pound med ball will go, but it's still, we have that intention to move it fast. So we're gonna recruit fast twitch muscle fibers and and different uh, muscle groups. So uh, that is a great way to alter your program. If you're not moving quickly, add some of that into your training. Uh, The other way is is to slow it down, right? So we wanna get um, higher time under tension, right? If you're gonna throw a four pound med ball, that uh, rep is not going to last very long. It's gonna be a quick explosive movement, and then you're done. Sometimes we want to add extra load and extra time under that load, so slow things down. So this could be like, you know, you probably heard of eccentric training. A lot of times we, f- we focus on like heavy eccentrics, or maybe, you're, you know, you're doing a bench press and you're taking, uh, doing a heavy, very heavy load and lowering it down and then maybe having a spotter help you get it back up. So that's that's one form, but really just slowing down the movement in general is a great Uh, way to challenge your, your training. So most people are going to kind of fall into that. Again, I'll call it like a moderate pace where you're taking about a second per eccentric or like lowering and a second concentric or, or standing back up or pressing or whatever it might be. Um, and again, that's not bad, but if that's all you do, this is a great opportunity for you to, to get more benefits. So try slowing it down a little bit. So I would recommend something like a three second, three to five second eccentric, Um, so that's slow, you know, if, and if you're honest with it and time yourself, so if it's a three second down and then maybe a one second back up, that's a four second rep. So if you're doing 10 reps, that should take you 40 seconds to, to go. Uh, so that can keep you honest a little bit there. So if you see you finished in about 20 seconds, you probably got faster and faster with each rep. So uh, that's a great way to to alter the training. Um, but you can also add slow concentric as well, which a lot of people don't talk about, but that's a great way to add extra load in both the eccentric and concentric. So try going maybe three seconds down on a squat and three seconds up or a push up, or whatever it might be. Uh, So now we're talking uh, about a six rep, uh, uh, again, assuming there's no pause, a six second rep. Um, So this takes a long time. All right, so you probably wanna start dropping those reps down too, which we'll talk about altering the rep range as well, but I think this is a, probably the easiest place to start. Just start paying attention to time under tension, speed it up, slow it down. Uh, number two, we can kind of fit right in here, and that's include more isometrics. So when we do isometric contraction, you get a ton of motor unit recruitment, which is basically just more muscles, more muscle fibers are going to fire. So we just assume like when you lift a weight, all of your muscles fire, fire right? Because you want to lift that weight. Well, your body's only going to recruit as much as it needs. So if you don't lift a very heavy weight, it's not going to recruit many motor units. But the nice thing, isometrics, it's a safe way to get lots of more, uh, muscle fibers to contract. We can only, depending on the type of isometric you're doing, you can get almost maximal contraction here. And because it's an isometric, meaning you're not moving, it's very low risk. And uh, again, it's always that's, that's a great thing to incorporate into your training. So isometrics, there's different ways you can incorporate this. So it could just be pausing at different parts of your training. So if I go back to our tempo in the last one, maybe you take two seconds to lower down. Let's just say you're doing a pushup, a one second hold at the bottom, and then two seconds to get back up, right? So we have that slow time under tension, and we have an isometric hold in there. So you can do something like that. It could just be isometrics, so maybe you're just going to hold a squat position, hold a push-up position, a plank. You just get in a position and you hold it. Now one good thing to remember with isometrics is you really only get the main benefit at that range of motion that you're in. So if you always do it at the bottom of a push-up, that's where you're going to get the most of the work. If you always do it at the top of a push-up, that's, that's where you're going to get str- the, the, the strongest out of all of this. So it's a good idea to mix it up and sometimes pause in different position, so not always the top, not always the bottom, sometimes in the middle, that's a great way to uh, to mix it up. Uh, the other way you can incorporate isometrics is pushing and pulling immovable objects. And this is great because it's total body for the most part, and you can really get maximal effort. So this is going up to like a cement wall and just trying to knock it over. So yes, it might look silly, but you just lean up against that wall and push as hard as you can. Um, or you tie a rope to something that's not going to move and you pull it as hard as you can. Um, So almost like a little tug of war with something that won't move. And again, you just change the position. Sometimes your arms are bent, sometimes they're straight, sometimes they're kind of in the middle, uh, but all great options to throw isometrics in there. I I really like using them as kind of almost an active rest where I might do kind of maybe a heavy lift, maybe a heavy upper body, a heavy lower body, and I kind of want to take some time. So we'll do a isometric hold in between so it's they're still working but they get a little bit of recovery built in there uh, the main thing with isometrics is just don't forget to breathe uh, it becomes easy to, to hold your breath uh, really bear down and, and try and push too hard so always want to make sure you're breathing as you're doing your isometrics okay the next one I want to get into are cluster sets cluster sets have become more and more popular it's it's basically a way to kind of break up your sets. so we often look at you know we put together a workout we're going to do 3 sets of 10 reps something like that that's kind of a traditional way to do it a cluster set would we may still do 3 sets of 10 but that 10 is going to be done with a load that we couldn't do 10 reps we could only do maybe 4 or 5 and then we break up that 10 so maybe i can get let's just say i'm doing a bench press and i do 3 reps and then i can't get any more and then i'd rack it and then i would stay there take a very short break maybe 10 to 30 seconds is kind of the range we'll typically see. And then I'll lift it up again and I'll do a couple more reps and maybe I get two reps, rack it again, rest, and then another two reps and then one rep and, um, or however many to finish your sets of 10. And then you might rest and move on to something else and then come back and do it again. Uh, so there, there's been a lot of uh, benefits with doing cluster sets in terms of building strength, uh, endurance, muscle size. So all really great things. And it's just a great variety. You know, if you're kind of used to doing that straight set where you just kind of go and you get your 10 reps or 15 reps or whatever it might be, and then you move on to something else. This, it'll get you using heavier loads, which is always great if you haven't been doing that and um, you're lifting under, in a fatigued state. So it has a lot of great benefits there. So those are called cluster sets. Now I wouldn't do it for every single exercise that you were doing, but maybe you pick like one, maybe two big lifts per workout and try adding in Uh, a cluster set just for those and then you'll do your traditional sets for uh, your other exercises all right then i want to look at the type of equipment that you're using Um, i never want to be married to one piece of equipment i know there's people that love certain things might be a kettlebell or a trx or barbells whatever it might be Uh, they all are great but they all offer unique things and if you're kind of stuck on maybe that one or two things that you've been using just do even if you're doing the same exact exercise and just changing how you do it so if you always do a barbell deadlift and you just switch to sandbag deadlift or kettlebell deadlifts or whatever it might be uh, these are great ways just to mix it up because you're going to get different benefits out of it even um, if you're a little bit more advanced like combining equipment maybe using something like uh, a barbell with bands or chains or or something like that so there's a great way you can combine different things because they again like I said they all offer a unique thing so that one's pretty straightforward just change up if you know and maybe have to invest in in some new equipment if you only have so much available um, you know maybe picking up uh, a sandbag or bands or, or whatever it might be uh, on a similar note uh, the next one is just changing the position of your load so you can stick with the same piece of equipment but and the same exercise but just change where you hold the weight sounds too simple but this is a a super effective way for progressing and changing up your exercise so let me just think or let me just take a a squat for example so it could be something simple like i'm going to do a barbell back squat and then you do a front squat right so it's the same movement we're doing a squatting pattern you're just changing where the weight is and this re- will recruit different muscles. It'll, it'll target that pattern a little bit differently. So, um, that's a great way to do it or kind of combine it. So maybe you're used to doing uh, barbell front squats, but you're going to switch it up and do a sandbag bear hug squat or a front rack squat or something like that, um, or even throw a sandbag over your shoulder and doing an, uh, a squat that way. And I have an asymmetrical load, which is totally going to change up that squat. So uh, there's lots of different examples of how you can just change the position. So if, if you normally pick something up off the floor, uh, maybe like a deadlift, what if you hold that weight at your chest and do kind of like a good morning exercise? So uh, that's great. That works great with, with sandbags. So you can do a sandbag deadlift or you just flip it up, hold it at your chest and do is still do that hip hinge pattern but we change where the load is and it again it's going to recruit different muscles and you get a little bit of a different feel from that. So changing position of the load is a a great one. Uh, Last couple, last two are going to be kind of related and I've already touched on the first one but that's just uh, altering the rep ranges. So if you're kind of stuck in that three sets of ten and that's just all you do or three sets of 15 or, or, or five sets of five. And you that's kind of what you do and you always do the same thing over and over again. Uh, just mix that up, right? So if you've never done, if you haven't done reps over 10 reps in a while or, or any sets of, of over 10 reps, that is probably gonna give you a lot of benefit doing something like that. Um, or if you're always doing more endurance-based stuff and you never lift pretty heavy and doing something like six or less reps, um, that's going to be important to switch that up too and remember there's nothing magical about the reps nothing magical happens at 5 reps or 10 reps or 15 reps the whole point is you're picking loads that you would reach fatigue at those numbers so that's the important thing so if you're trying to do 10 reps and you pick a weight that you could have done 15 you just stop at 10 well you're really not getting much out of that Uh, so you need to make sure that you're Uh, not not necessarily always training to failure, but you have to kind of fall within this range to really get the benefits. But um, this is a great opportunity to uh, change up some of those rep ranges. And the last one I wanna cover, uh, and it's very similar, this is just changing your periodization model. And, or if you're not following any type of periodization, uh, now's a perfect time to do it. And basically all that means is you're gonna plan out your workouts in advance. Um, Instead of just, you know, I'm going to kind of go in and do something and then leave and or just follow some random workout, you are going to follow a system where you're working on a specific goal. And we kind of break that down into blocks. So kind of the easiest way to implement some type of a periodization model, it'd be a linear program where you start at a lower intensity and build up to a higher intensity and when we say intensity for these purposes we're talking about typically percentage of one rep max so you would start with a lower percentage of your one rep max which would mean you'd be doing higher repetitions Uh, and then you would work your way down to uh, a higher percentage of your one rep max which would mean you'd be doing lower repetitions. So um and this is for if you've never been you know doing anything this is a great place to start so you might start more endurance based so your first block you're focusing on kind of 12 and up rep wise so we're, we're hitting some of those higher reps 12 15 20 something like that uh then your next phase you're going into more of a hypertrophy phase so you're you're somewhere in that 8 to 12 range uh, and then you might move into more strength-based training where now you're hitting less than eight reps so uh something along those lines so pretty simplified model there but um Try something like that where you just plan out, that's three months right there that you can do training or longer. You know, If each block is four to six weeks, uh, that's got you covered for a while. Now you have this plan and then you can just start over. Um, or maybe you've been doing something like that for a while, you can mix it up and do uh non-linear and which means you don't follow that nice, neat pattern of uh, higher and higher percentage as you go along or higher intensity. You might do something like undulating periodization which uh, mixes it up. So each week you are going to um, alter your rep ranges a little bit. So you might be doing, um, let's just say you, you're you going to lift Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Monday is going to be more of that strength-based day. Wednesday is going to be more of that hypertrophy-based day. And then Friday is going to be more of that endurance-based day. So um, you get a little bit of each within those those uh, uh, within each cycle of your training. So there's lots of different types of 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 periodization models that you can follow. But the idea is to to change it up. If you've always been doing it one way, let's look at some of these other ways to to challenge yourself. So those are my top seven ways to change up your program without necessarily changing the exercise or uh, changing just heavier weight. So um, hopefully you got a couple out of there that you can start to implement. And my my, uh, goal wasn't to have you implement all of these, although I guess you could, um, but I'd pick one or two and just see how you can implement it with your training. So if you don't want to just totally start from scratch and, and have to redo everything, just you know start with what I said, number one, right? Me- uh, mess up with, or mix up the uh, tempo and maybe slow some things down or add some isometrics or whatever it might be. So lots of different ways that you can keep it exciting and, and really challenge yourself with, with your workout. So hopefully that helps you, uh, give, gives you some inspiration for your next program. All right, well, that's going to do it for episode 73 of the OCR Underground Show. A big shout-out and thanks to my sponsors. Uh, Don't forget to check out uh, Venga CBD. Just head on over to vengacbd.com slash OCR Underground and check out all of their awesome products, as well as uh, Fitbar. Go to fitbarstrong.com. For both those sites, you can use code OCR Underground and receive a discount for anything that you order through there. Uh, also, don't forget to uh, sign up for my next live virtual race. I'm really excited about it. Just uh, go to OCRUnderground.com/virtual. You can learn all about that and sign up for either the free or the upgraded swag version there. Uh, and if you need any help at all putting your training uh, program together, I, I do. I am offering that really cool bonus right now. You get a free um, heart rate monitor and heart rate recovery. Uh, Morpheus Strap as well. Really cool program to monitor monitor your training and your recovery to make sure you're doing it um, the right way. You will get that for free when you sign up for my coaching program. If you're interested in learning more about that, just email me at mike at ocrunderground.com. That's all for this episode. Hopefully I'll be back uh, a lot sooner than the last one. But until then, keep training smarter.